Okay guys, uh, welcome to the latest episode of Tech Lead Fireside Chat and I know we are coming to you after a hiatus of two weeks. We took a small break and we are back now. Um, today we are going to talk about how to get management or product or project management buy-in for all these tech enhancements, tech debts that you guys want to do that's bothering you but the stuff that you can't seem to get get uh, can't seem to convince management to invest time in uh, so that is our topic today uh, Anjan why don't you get started by giving up some background on this topic and uh, the whole idea sure sure <coughs> we'll do it so uh, hi guys so let's let's define uh, tech debt uh, at a very high level before we jump into uh, real repercussions of it uh, so in my head the uh, any technical decision that you have taken in the past uh, in terms of getting the product out fast in terms of because it was the easy option because it was the because you had only uh, limited resources so re- regardless of what the decision uh, if it becomes a burden for today and if it's a uh, it's a problem of today uh that's what we call a tech debt so if you have taken decision in the past which is not impacting today's business technically that is not a technical debt that's that's the point i'm trying to make here so uh how do we define burden what's a burden for today the terms of uh defects like when you make a really new release it's adding up uh defects to the system Oh, there are performance issues. Uh, you you make a uh, new feature, put that to production. You see some performance issues due to a, a technical decision that you have made in the past, or even system downtimes. So all of these combined bugs, performance, and downtime, system downtimes. All of those is is kind of a burden to the current system that you are working on. and they are bad for business as well so that's that's the definition of uh, tech debt and i'll also start with few myths about tech debt like when we say a tech debt what Anjana, is it uh, can i just ask a question there first sure so in my mind sometimes uh, the way i explain it to myself or to some people what tech debt is i say it's a either a future bug waiting to happen or something as a developer that's going to cause you to take more time than necessary to build something is that the is that a good way to look at it i think the whole uh, the, the uncertainty is something you can't plan for like that's one reason certain things become tactics so the, your first case this might be a problem in the future i don't think we can call it a tactic at this point we don't know because we, we think it might we be, but know. we don't know exactly you know most of our technical decisions architectural decisions development decisions are taken with a limited scope and in the future things can change like you can you can plan a system for 100 users but the you know there can be 1000 users so that uncertainty is what highlights the tech debt as well now for instance i know systems who are badly built on very low end uh, servers but that has never become a burden to the business the business 
use case and the load is quite small and then it's not a tech debt hmm. for instance if you write an application in php without using microservices there's a good chance that it will never be a problem hmm. right so then then you, the future part is difficult to guess but if it's uh, slowing down the developer so my uh, other point i have is the developer experience the crushing the developer experience that's definitely a tech debt uh, but in terms of business sense you probably introduce bugs because due to a decision that is that that's been taken in the past hmm. or system has performance or downtime so that's pretty much if it if if it has already become a burden then you call tech debt <clears throat> i i do i don't think we should call the future stuff a tech Then right. in that case, everything is a tech debt. Like yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Sorry, sorry. You oh, were I saying think... about uh, the myths. Yeah. So let's talk about the myths. Right now, this there's the first myth is the tech debt is bad. Now my point is that's not the case because uh, realistically you can't have zero tech debt because you know when you build something, the time to market. the available resources your knowledge about systems all that is limited you 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 can't build a system that is you know perfect for future so there will be a tech debt that will happen and that that is that that can happen so there's no zero tech debt sort of thing so it's realistic so it's a myth that tech debt is a tech debt i think what is bad is if you don't manage your tech debt if you don't fix your tech debt that is bad leaving tech debt not to be attempted is bad but having a tech debt is not a bad thing and another thing i think other... is um, tech debt is not bad if you go into it with your eyes open like not not blindly incur tech debt you know okay right now we need to get this system out so we are going to incur this tech debt and we'll put it as a ticket or some in tech debt registry and knowing that we are going to pay it in the future is what do yes. you think about that <clears throat> i think we we make do so i said realistically you have to make certain decisions like as much as uh, you like technology uh, in in system development you are part of a business as well so you have to go with the business and support the business with the to to best of your knowledge in terms of the abilities and knowledge mm. so you have to make decisions like right? you know we all there might be a new framework or a new version that you would love to upgrade it but you might decide it's not the right time to do it and you have a plan to do so then that's okay as long as there's a plan and as long as you're uh, i think you rightly said as long as you walk in to that with the information So it's one one thing I uh, when I work with developers, one thing I ask them to do is it's okay to write suboptimal code, but have a comment saying "fix me" hmm. to do to do. So as long as I can in the IDE see all the to dos, all the fix me's uh, to be improved, uh, then we are okay. Then we know what to improve, what to fix. Otherwise, you never know. it was a, like a miss or whether it's an explicit decision when something is missing in the code that's right so uh the second myth is uh, tech debt is only an engineering problem you know they are like you know 
we had to do this upgrade we had to uh, migrate from uh, database a to database b or we had to migrate from server a to server b and it's just engineering problem that, that's that's not uh, right at all and when we get to our use cases and our real life examples we will uh, prove that wrong it's not only engineering i think most of the people kind of understand that as well the third one is that fixing tech debt will slow you down that's a myth i have seen some of the fixes that you introduce will speed up your uh, sprints future sprints drastically we will also get to one of the examples so that uh, it's not a it's not something that slows you down Uh, having a tech debt, having an identified tech debt, that that's quite important. That identification of where the bottleneck is is important. Once you identify that, sometimes the fix that you bring supercharges the product. So it's a good thing to to identify. Uh, it's it's not a myth to say it it will only uh, slow you down. So reality is right apart from the myth. So it's when you have tech debt, it's. apart from the business it's impacting the developer experience the developers morale of you know it takes time to do this it's difficult to write code in this it's hard to debug i don't know how to debug this and things like that it can come it can come in various formats but the developer experience is bad that's a reality and eventually the cost to the company now uh, you know we manage the tech Uh, as well as some part of the business, so I have clearly seen, you know, how it impacts the the cost, what we call the ownership cost of a product. All right, so that's the intro. Hasita, over to you. Let's start with a example and uh, try to break this down. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Thanks. So I have a very good example. Um, This is from, from about five six years ago. Um, we had a system that dealt with uh, orders. You know how an order is; it has a product and a quantity, product quantity, and there's a subtotal, right? Uh, so in this system, uh, this is immediately after we did a certain uh, we did a re-architecture of this product, um, and during the re-architecture, we incurred a tech debt explicitly. so we had a certain uh, format for this order product now you know that if it's an order normally when you write a simple shopping cart application you write uh, the order has a array of line items line item is product code quantity product code quantity and you add those things up uh, multiply and add up right uh, but the real in the real world you actually have to keep a snapshot of the product like uh, the name of the product Uh, the price any discounts all this information has to be kept inside the order because between the order being placed and the order being fulfilled the product might change so uh, you actually need to keep the snapshot of the time at which you made the order so because of that uh, this order object had all the information about each product inside it um, the problem was it was duplicating it for every quantity like let's say you ordered um, i don't know i'll, I'll make something up like um you ordered um quantity 10 of um say um uh, canned fish so it was keeping 10 copies of this product object name 
price, description, image URL, everything. So if you had like a hundred quantity of something, hundred. So it's a huge object. Um, at the time of doing the re-architecture, we decided not to change this. The reason is this object is there as a JSON in the front end. It's been sent over the network. It's in the back end. It's also in the database. It's in the logs. It's everywhere. So if you try to change that, you have changed the entire system. But we were doing a front end re-architecture. So what we did was rather than changing that, we wrote a translator, a translation layer where in the front end we use a lightweight object because it's the new new uh, front end and just before we send it over the network we have a codec like a converter from the old format to the new format new format to the old format so when it goes to the database back end it's still the old format that everybody recognizes so nothing breaks but in the front end it gets con converted to this um, lightweight uh, object that is easy to manipulate in the front end so we did that um, after the product went live, everything was fine. Um, as the product was growing, usage was growing, now things are starting to slow down on the front-end side, like from the user end. Because uh, for, for customers who are receiving large orders, large quantities, this is becoming a problem. Uh, on the developer side, this is a big annoyance because whenever a developer opens up the, this uh, object or the code base where you have this uh, class, uh, they want to cry because everything is duplicated. If they want to make a small change in a... Uh, like a quantity calculation or a price calculation, they have to go all over the place to see what these things are. So it was a mess. Um, so both things are there. Now we want to go and tell the management, hey, we want to uh, we want to replace this object everywhere. Now front end is done. What we want to do is remove this back and forth translation and use the same lightweight new object in the uh, database, in the back end everywhere. Our first answer is no. Uh, what we get from management. The reason is, is everything working? We have to answer yes. Is anybody complaining? Well, no, it's a bit slow, but nobody's really complaining too much. So they say, we keep uh, developing features. So now developers are really unhappy because this, this code base is very hard to maintain. Uh, generating this object is difficult. So um, then I went and tried to uh, convince my boss we need it. Uh, the boss obviously said no. He said, come back to me with some data. Just uh, you're saying... Uh, it's, uh, it's very difficult. Don't tell me very difficult. Try to quantify. I said, okay, how do I quantify? Uh, when I went and I, uh, we, we got together with the developers and did a query on uh, production, found out what percentage of orders in the system actually has very large number of line items. And we found out um, only a very small number of uh, customers order small orders, like one or two quantities. Majority of them may have 5 to 10. There are a small number, like big customers, valuable customers who are ordering in large numbers. So those people, front end gets really slow. So I did like a heat map, showed like percentage wise, okay, here are the, the percentage of customers who will be experiencing this problem. Then my boss was like, okay, now you have validated that there is a performance issue. Uh, because I can't convince him based on the developer experience part. I don't have the data. So I went with the customer impact. Um, then he ac accepted the fact that there is a performance issue. Then he wanted me to validate, okay, are people unhappy about this performance issue? Now, how am I going to do that? So we went to uh, customer complaints. Normally in that system, customer complaints were in Salesforce. Uh, for historical reasons, it come up as uh, Salesforce tickets. So we did a query there, uh, found out of, out of all these uh, customer complaints we get, 
how many of those things mentioned about front-end slowness. And we did an analysis and we found a certain percentage. Um, then also, that is also not enough. We don't know what the business impact of that is. Uh, for that, there is a measure called the CSAT, customer satisfaction. Uh, it's like a one out of five, I think they give. How happy are you with the product? So we took some data about the CSAT. It's like a questionnaire that uh, customers get. We got those results as well. Uh, we found out the ones who gave low uh, CSAT scores. And we also found out out of those, how many have already sent complaints about slowness and how many of those people who are actually uh, using large orders. And we found a correlation. Now we took that to the boss. We showed, look, uh, the people who seem to be receiving large orders are mostly the same people who are complaining about the slowness in the front end who also seems to be the people who have giving who are giving us low uh, csat scores not not everybody but some of these people are people who are giving us low csat scores that was great now the business case was made next step was uh, showing the estimate so uh, i have to give my boss like uh, i can't remember what now i said we need half of a team like two engineers working on this for two weeks and then to test we need to run a full regression because we are touching everywhere in the system to change this fundamental data object um, so i that when i did that the boss had the necessary information to make the decision so it's a balance of scale right on one hand there's the impact to the customer on the other hand the impact to the the delivery roadmap we, because we need to take two developers out for two weeks and then we need to get QA. I can't remember how much time we said. We said we have like 2,000 test cases in our regression suite. If you want to run this, this is how long it will take. So now that was enough for uh, the business to make the decision. They weighed the, the, the customer impact versus the cost of doing it and said, you guys go ahead and do it. Um, so we went ahead and do it and uh, everybody was happy. <laughs> I think that's a very uh, <clears throat> scientific way of doing that and you have taken a, a very data-driven approach where you have calculated, found the correlation. Uh, so that's that's actually what I call uh, from a from a technical guys. Uh, it's a it's a scenario where where you relate to business. In a, in a common language where business guys can also understand what you are trying to say. Yeah, you have to like speak if you, were trying, you have to speak their language, right? Exactly. So that bringing that common language to a product or a system team is quite important. Moment you have that ability now, if you take most of the software development companies, there is a senior person who who's who has business responsibilities as well as tech responsibilities. So that communication is on a like a level field uh, communication. But you take uh, some of the organizations where the business and the management has so high, high power in the organization. There is a power imbalance within the organization where the tech leads and the tech teams have not earned that type of power mm. to build a scenario. Part of the problem is actually the engineers themselves. They don't play in a common ground where they they talk to the business guys in business sense 
that's a that's a skill that software yeah, that, engineers that's totally right. I mean, I I when I was young, Anjan, I had this problem. I used to always think that the business people were stupid because I was trying to explain my problem <laughs> in in like technical terms. Like, look, this is this is architecturally wrong. What we have done, we need to separate these concerns. Now, a business person, that person has like a business degree. His head is filled with all the requirements. He is not going to understand. As the expert, it is my duty. to be able to explain it since who else can explain i'm the expert i should be able to explain in a engineering in a way that non engineers can understand if i can't do it who else can do it like i'm like an engineer so now i understand that it's our responsibility to we can't think that other people are non engineers are stupid if they if they can't understand engineering <laughs> they definitely not our, they our definitely fault. not eh? our fault yes it's our, it's our fault i when i was a young engineer i had a hard time explaining to a accountant why we need to have multiple tables in a database to manage the accounting system because for them they open one file mm. they i think they take a book which has income expenditure in the same page and write everything in one notebook one book ledger and do all the accounting stuff in one book one one format and when you try to explain to them why do you have to break it in relational databases that that's the case that discussion went really bad and i was very junior developer at that time but then i realized that, that sometimes it's it's too much information mm. you have to bring a build a case where they can relate to not not a not a not just a technical story because nobody's going to uh, non tech people are not going to go for a four year degree and study all the tech in it right mm. so it's our responsibility to bring that in cool so i'll jump into my uh, uh, experience which which is very recent uh, one that good and then we'll uh, open up the floor for uh, you know people who are here to share their stories or ask questions so my one was not so uh, technical not so uh, scientific and <clears throat> we couldn't uh, build a, such a good correlation so we have built a product uh supposed to do like a simple workflow where you keep collecting uh, expense claims and then uh, process them uh at a later stage and stuff like that and we knew the database design was suboptimal because we got few junior engineers to do it it was not a, a high priority project for us but for some reason there is traction now most of the clients started using that and they like the system because it's 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 a it's a gap in the market it's a gap between sap's and accounting systems so that's a software piece of software that was never solved in in the sap world or in the standard accounting world now we are uh, acquiring uh, more customers they are using it and we can see the query uh, like Look at the query logs. There are slow queries. I'm gonna when you when you say suboptimal, was it like some major architectural problem or lots of lots of little uh, schema issues? It's basically the the database design was never meant for uh, for a scaled product. So someone very junior has built the relational database, or everything. It was not read optimized. It was write optimized. It has broken. into uh, fourth normal form and all the data is uh, written separately every time you need a query you need to do a join oh right 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 That's you like, have you have normalized so much that everything is a foreign key so you have to do a yeah. massive join to get uh, like a 
human readable research right everything is a job because it's a it's a read optics problem you write the expense once and you read it in multiple places and update few uh, <coughs> few parameters here and there mm. but that join consolidated view is what is important in that system mm. and so we knew that the the db design is not suboptimal so then we were talking about it and the business team was like you know what this is the budget we have this is the time we have and these are this is the road map that we want to get at and uh, but i knew this i what i did was i didn't take a senior guy in the team but i got a junior developer like an intern and i was optimizing this parallelly because i i in my head i have seen this bomb it's it's big enough in my head but how do i translate this to uh, business because i'm also part of this business <laughs> i know the budget that we have right? yeah. so i've been uh, so i've been working with a developer to slide uh, in parallel to uh, make this database more read read friendly so that the joins are reduced the data is uh, duplicated adequately so that the queries will be supported by that means uh, and there was a, uh, there was a day they onboarded a new client actually we onboarded a new client and uh, system basically stopped working the queries are all timing out the dashboards are timing out luckily we had the refactored version the the new db version and uh, within uh, you know couple of hours we were able to get it up and running uh, oh you had already but, done a refactored version in the background yes parallelly we were running that with, with uh, not with the not with the the, the main team the core team mm. but with the inter yes right. i myself was not convinced even even though i it was in my you know even though i saw the problem with the the budget that i had with the the time that we had and the road map i couldn't even get the ah, senior so, developer so basically basically the reality made the choice for you right you you came to a point where anything was better than the current situation was it yes something like that and then uh, but but because i was also i see the tech side you know the junior developer worked on it and system stopped working when the all the queries started timing out we had luckily we had that uh, refactored version we put that into production and uh, within a couple of hours we got the system up and running and it was you know after that it was all right but mm. uh luckily we had a alternative built because the problem was identified the tech deck was properly identified we knew where the bottleneck was exactly and we were working on a you know prototype alone with it oh. that's cool. uh, shall we that's uh, that's the other way to actually learn lesson sometimes uh, <laughs> it it one it, it blows up once then uh, it's a lesson for management also in the next time yes. similar thing happens they quickly approve i think most of these time bombs what we call time bombs like it's it's working today uh, and it's not a a linear graph the performance doesn't work on a linear fashion right like mm. for uh, it, it system might work for 100 users and moment you have 101 the whole thing can crash that's that's how the yeah how it works So, so it's almost like a internal bomb. 
Anjana, I was cool. thinking like, uh, so like we discussed earlier, maybe one interesting thing we can do is ask current ongoing uh, challenges that our audience have about how to how to get management buy-in for an important tech enhancement or tech that they want to do and maybe we can take that as a live case study. Let's do that. Okay, guys. So, we are going to go into questions a little bit early today. So, it can be more of a discussion than questions. Anybody who has any questions, ideas about like a simple story that you're going through right now, maybe we can help. Maybe the entire audience can help. So, just... uh, Raise your hand, we'll, uh, we'll add you to the audience, uh, the, the speaker group. So, uh, while... Uh, do you see hands? No, no. Uh, uh, let, let me uh, make okay. you a moderator one second. Uh, we have, who do we have? So let's, let's, uh, keep talking about the other options as well. So then if someone has a, uh, hi, Dishan. Uh, okay. So we have hi. one. Hi, Anjana. Hi. How's it? Uh, so, uh, so I have one question. Uh, it's, it's not my current situation, but in the, uh, previously, I had uh, some issues with the uh, management and uh, some uh, senior tech guys. So, uh, in in most of the uh, small companies, where uh, they don't use uh, they don't write unit test or integration test, right? So, can we consider that as a, uh, as a tech test? And so, and how can we convince the management to do the uh, unit test or integration test? That's a very good question. Um, so I'll go first. Um, the way you can ask yourself whether it's a tech debt or not is, is it slowing you down? So Deshan, would you say your team is getting slowed down without because of the lack of unit tests? Yeah, because uh, every time if I, if I make any, if we make any changes, uh, uh, QA team has to do that. QA team has to test everything. Mm-hmm. So then, my point was, uh, we don't, QA shouldn't do all of these things uh, every time we release. We, mm. we can't do the continuous uh, delivery of continuous uh, integration mm. uh, because of that. Because we had to wait until they test it. Mm-hmm. So, so was there a way to quantify that? Like, rather than saying it takes a lot of time, what mm-hmm. if you had said? Uh, is there any way to quantify like how how long does it take to test like if you take a feature you develop it takes one sprint I don't know and out of that half the sprint you have to spend testing is there a way to quantify that for uh, I, I mean um, quantify the problem yeah I think we could quantify with the uh, number of bugs uh, mm-hmm. we make like repeat repetitive bugs and so, uh, Yes. Okay. Okay. So let let me let me jump in now. Uh, uh, I think that's a that's a scenario where that's a gap in your like if you don't do unit testing or if you don't have automation testing, that's addition of the of the the, the development process that you follow as of today. So certain efficiencies. Uh, 
or certain uh, inefficiencies are inherited from the development process that you have like when you have agile there are certain things certain which you lack when you are on waterfall there are certain things that you don't have and likewise if you omit the unit testing that i would clearly categorize categorize as a, a decision in how you make software uh <clears throat> so not not pure tech debt but however by not having uh, by 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 having that gap in the software development process uh, what you follow if it has become a business issue eventually like what you are trying to say the number of parts your regression defect count is higher your uh, end users are not happy every time you make a release you break something like you you release a, so we call this like make one and break two syndrome you're you're building a new feature and like two other features are broken in that light you can take it as a as a tech debt where your ability to uh, release quality software to production is limited by something that something is either a process improvement or you improve it on on the developer part or you or you have uh, a framework which catches things you know there can be multiple solutions one solution can be writing test cases or uh, having automation test unit but the tech debt comes from the impact to the business deshan is there a way to like um, what do you have like do you have like a number of bugs like how many of these bugs were due to breakages caused by ongoing feature development is there some like jira data or anything like that yeah we had the uh, jira data uh, the main problem was the uh, the client was a technical guy mm-hmm. and uh, he he also worked in the in the us with, uh, with good experience mm-hmm. but unfortunately uh, he he didn't like to oh, that's a tough one time on that <laughs> that's <Yeah>. a tough one <laughs> <laughs> he did like spending time on writing test cases and stuff uh, like every two weeks or every every week he needs to do a demo or something mm. so like we had to release things but uh, we, we had a lot of problem with that to convincing them right so, w- was the was the product uh, in production with uh, with customers or was it like a early stage uh, it's, like it's early stage fight? Okay I think that's that that probably is the story because if it was a, a product with lots of customers in any business impact is felt by the the tech owners as well as the business owners like because when you're losing customers when customers are unhappy eventually it will get translated that pressure comes to the team this is probably a scenario where you are more focused on features over stability ah this so is that's a, a hard set move 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 fast break things uh, face of the business i think yes yes right right uh, i hope that helped deshan yes that's it okay hey ranga you want to go next hello hasta hello everyone hi ranga go ahead hi actually uh, i will uh, i will use the same uh, example what hasith explained in the beginning uh, of the chat so luckily i think hasith has found a relationship between the like uh, the code inefficient code and the performance issue as well so 
you have found a link right to mm. convince convince the management mm. right so assume there is like there is no any significant performance issue but uh, but there is an issue in the in the code maintainability right mm. in such scenario like how challenging you are to like convince your management to do some certain changes to uh, to improve the code base right so is there is there any like what is the approach you you guys have in uh, i'll give a very very recent example yeah um, that's a very good question so this is pure developer experience so very hard to convince a business and then yeah. the language to speak in is developer time because developer time is money for a good any tech company the biggest expenditure is paying uh, engineers so then we talk in terms of developer time so one thing that happened where we work right where i work right now a different is we had very well invested in unit tests but we didn't have api tests automated api tests so like certain bugs that are not pure logical getting was not getting caught and the writing api tests is a log, big investment in time more than unit test right because you have to set set, set up the data once you run it you have to clean up the data you have to have an environment to run it in so all these things were there and it's a huge investment on time because we have so many endpoints um and there was no immediate business value to be demonstrated to management so what we did was we found out cases where where we have like complex logic some functions because of legacy reasons go into like hundreds of lines of code uh we found certain cases where in order to just make one or two line changes simple change but developers have to spend so much time running the code testing reading it very carefully because they don't know what will break so we found there were cases if if a api test had been there this task could have been a 15 minute task you write this additional two lines you run the test everything passes you commit code review deploy but because you don't have the unit te- the, the api test reading through the code understanding tracing the thing in your head the code v- various uh, like branching out patterns that took about 3 4 hours and uh, we made a business case saying look most of these api changes that we do this is how much time we can save if we had a api test that can verify that nothing breaks because you change one line of code um that's at least that's yeah. that's how i did it so i have a another example it just <clears throat> rings a bell right i was uh, working with a dutch client their front end was written in gwt uh, people who are familiar with gwt it's uh, you write java code and it generates uh, javascript web code eventually so your front end is modeled as a java class it generates javascript to build the front end once you compile it now the problem for me is finding good gwt engineers and then you need to find really senior guys and then they complain you get this version is old and all sorts of developer experience problems now every time when i try to take that what they say is you know what we know gwt there are guys over here they know it so you have to stick to the te- technology we understand it's not the best developer experience but it's not a strong use case uh to change the technology to do this do that and so much of resistance <clears throat> the so what i did was i did a poc uh 
with the most junior developer in the team and built uh, three features in a simple javascript uh, front end which otherwise required most senior guys in the team to build it over a period of two weeks sprint and this with the you know i also helped him a bit but together we built it in three two to three days and that was a demo so we we built this uh, it was planned for the next sprint and this this guy built it and in the demo uh, in the uh, show and tell that's what you call the sprint uh, retrospective or the show and tell we demonstrated that we took some time and said you know what we have something new moment we did that their whole perception got changed so sometimes you have to do it and you have to uh, the hardest part of that is self convincing you have to convince yourself and then do a demo and then take that to the business and say you know what all these features you can develop it with much junior guys and whereas the senior guys can do much better work and be much more productive if you do that and eventually we managed to uh, get that across to other teams and change it but if i haven't built the poc and demoed it put some extra effort we probably that team is still working on gwt uh, and all all sorts of uh, existing technologies and complaining about it forever you know Maybe that's another approach that is a best approach because the, the, what i call this is uh, a demo is worth a thousand powerpoint slides is what i always say an actual demo yeah but you you need to you need to be ready to put that extra effort no? sometimes mm. that effort may be wasted but but it's actually self convincing I, i think the deal with most of us it's hard for us to convince ourselves like yeah. self believe is quite important moment you have self believe you get some confidence and then you go talk to uh, businesses and then when you when you are when you are that confident they also feel very i mean they are in a difficult situation to say no to most of the time we don't take that confidence with us as engineers as tech leads mm. so that's another way to look at the problem meranga what do you think rang yeah anjana uh, yeah that's good actually so there are two, two the conclusion is there are two ways like so as hasid said we can uh, use the developer cost and the developer estimation to convince the management and from other hand side as anjana explained uh, we can uh, prepare a demo demo and show to the uh, management to convince them Yeah, I think out of many, those two is what we can think of right now. Yep. Anyone uh, in the yeah, forum has a anybody else opinion? has like yes, any other ideas? I think uh, speaking up in tech forums will give you a bit of confidence when you have to convince. Uh, powerful business owners and other stakeholders like it's not only the only the business right sometimes mm-hmm. the 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 product owner is quite powerful the product managers are powerful i mean you 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 have to be in a level field situation where you know get your idea across and uh, try that out 
so i highly encourage you know if you are to build that skills to speak up and uh, you know start contributing in these type of forums where that you take that skill to the real life as well hmm. i think we have a person uh, we have i'm uh, having some trouble because of network bandwidth i think uh one second i'm going to try again uh, i can see a hand but i i don't see the yeah i have ah now i see it some server issue some uh, that tent charaka are you there uh, hi charaka yeah. hi charaka uh, hi hasuka hi anjana so my, my uh, question is uh, what is that the, the tech enhancement that the uh, artist is uh, uh, more of a r&d thing than a uh, paint texture that there is something say there is something that thing uh, that might improve our uh, so it's a not a debt it's a enhancement you want to do right right yeah in that kind of enhancement that we it, it's more of a r and d thing and we are not sure that we would be able to there is potential to improve code this but we are not certain it will result in a improvement in that sort of a situation uh, how do we get by to spend time on that anjana you want to take that Anjana. i'll take that <clears throat> now uh, so let's take a scenario where let let's let's be clear with the objective like now uh, so as developers we have two two parts one is we need to solve uh, business problems and make the product or the whole business better so then in, in that light you have r&d items r&d item is a is a you you have a you have a doubt whether you can do this you have a hunch but you don't know so you need to spend time right that's what a technically r&d is you need to try it so to try that you need time that's one thing the other other area is as a developer you want to try a new technology purely because you want to learn that skill on the job right which is also important thing which is no might not be adequate from a complete business sense but that's also something we as developers would like to do and you know like if it's things like the these terms like microservices to data lakes and things like that we would like to try it learn it put it under our cv so that's also another area the bottom line is the hunch that you have the the feeling that you have that this will probably be better first you need to be ultra clear on that how you get clarity on that is either either read up a lot or talk to people who have built that and get that initial knowledge uh of how good it, it can bring to the current system so to do, do that you don't need lot of time like you don't need uh, weeks or day, days to Uh, build the pos on that so read on that talk to people who have done it 
pick pick the brains like right? in a in a organization where there are hundreds of engineers that's easy to do if you are in a startup with four five engineers which is difficult i know so the, but in that case you need to build your network you need to learn that stuff e- even today uh, when i am designing system if i know someone has used a, a technology or something i talk to them like you can talk to a person for a couple of hours and pick their brain all that their experience will become your knowledge that's one part of that so you gain that knowledge by not spending time on development but rather talking to people like if you talk to a person you will learn a lot if he, if they have done it if they have gone through your path or even read up on it so that's one part the what i call the literature review <laughs> you do a keyword search and also you talk to people get that knowledge first once you have that knowledge your uh, hypothesis what you bring to the table the you know something that you are not 100% sure you will have more information to it and then try to relate that with the system and what the system can do and present that and talk to your business guys with that and have that discussion not just once and give up have that discussion to be continuous so when you do that when you talk about something continuously there's high chance of them seeing as that you are so energetic about this you are so confident about this and you give lots of information and it will eventually uh, it will be prioritized and i have seen that like a lot of developers uh, come and say you know what this is the area that we need to change and most of the business guys in the first meeting they're like ah, okay maybe later and then you take a uh, system down time or a uh, estimate being bigger and you bring that up again again and like after two three times there's a high chance of you getting that so that's that's how i have done it in the past first brush up your knowledge by by talking to people reading on that and then bring this up in multiple times and eventually it will be a priority item for the sprint hasita you have a different opinion on that uh i have a one one thing that you said is very important which is like you validate the idea first because uh, when you get too excited sometimes this happens as has happened to me as well there was this one time i wanted to there was a php code base long time ago it was a huge mess upgrading um, i think it was zen framework or something upgrades were difficult so my solution was i was like newly enamored with uh, node i wanted to convert everything to node uh, fortunately the team pushed back they said no well, this thing is php is working thankfully the P- they, they they didn't do it it's still there it's working perfectly fine no problems so they had to upgrade and clean up the code but uh, the r&d part that i wanted to go in was too radical so that side is also there what do you think i think validation and then uh, <clears throat> continuous uh, discussions that's what would lead to a because when when you have to talk about it multiple times business would come up with difficult questions and next time you go with answers to those and that's how you uh, convince him that that's mm-hmm. how we as kids convince our parents to buy computers buy <laughs> watches to shoes to you know all that and that works in real life as well oh that you reminds me some... there's another business value here recruitment so there are cases now if you take 
ஃபேஸ்புக் ஃபார் எக்ஸாம்பிள் த ரீசன் தே இன்வெஸ்டிங் ஸோ மச் எஃபர்ட் இன் ப்ராஜெக்ட்ஸ் லைக் ரியாக்ட் அண்ட் வேரியஸ் ஓப்பன் சோர்ஸ் ப்ராஜெக்ட்ஸ் தேர் பிஸ்னஸ் வேல்யூ இஸ் அட்ராக்டிங் கிரேட் என்ஜினியர்ஸ் ஸோ தட்ஸ் அனதர் திங் தட் வி கேன் டூ மேபி இட் மைக் நாட் கோ இன் டு ப்ரொடக்ஷன் பட் தோஸ் ஆர் லிட்டில் திங்ஸ் தட் வி கேன் டூ வி கேன் சேல் டு த பிஸ்னஸ் சேயிங் லுக் ராதர் தேன் யூ புட்டிங் அவுட் சோ மெனி ஆட்ஸ் வேர் வை யூ வாண்ட் டு யூ டூ டு ரிக்ரூட் பீப்புள் If you can invest a little time and effort in uh, maintaining various types of R&D projects, open source projects, that's a way to attract engineers. That's a business value. Yeah, but I think, Charaka, the first thing is validation. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, uh, once you are convinced, you will, you will have to uh, translate that to business, which is, which is what we discussed a little bit before. before isuru uh, thanks sir sorry tar guys spoke over you hi isuru hi yes sir hi anjana good evening hi isuru hi everyone um so i actually don't have a question because i actually raised this question on this very uh, fireside chat a couple of uh, months ago i think so i i am actually going through a very similar situation so i was very excited to uh, join this uh, session so this project one of my uh, projects i am involved in current, currently uh, is a mobile app uh, the front uh, the front end is written in uh, react native and the back end is written in uh, uh, python uh, django so we we didn't uh, build this product from the ground up uh, we inherited this project uh, product uh, project from a different company and unfortunately for us developers both the mobile app and the backend is written very uh, poorly so uh, there are like no separation of concerns and uh, even in backend it's like the the, the ui code is like generated tightly coupled with the module classes it's like the ui code is generated from the back uh, like the back end code itself mm. so it's like very not uh, it's very rigid it's not scalable at all so whenever now current in our current sprint uh, like we have repeatedly gone to the management and the customer saying that uh, this needs to be addressed uh, moving forward but the client uh, is is not really interested in uh, that because he, he like uh, hasita said this is like uh, this uh, move fast pace so it's like we are stacking up features after features so we are building up we are racking up tech uh, as we go so up to now we didn't have any problems actually so the app ran uh, without a major hitch and the backend was uh, supporting it but uh, in our current Uh, milestone we are actually starting to see the cracks now so in a, we, we are in the process of adding some features and now we are uh, seeing considerable uh, long uh, time intervals between like search square, uh, search queries and uh, returning data from the api as well as uh, adding like uh, like you said that uh, the development work is also increasing now we initially estimate Uh, like let's say two days for a feature thinking this is a fairly simple thing to build on the mobile app but when we try to uh, actually do it we, uh, only we realize that uh, 
it is not that easy to do that now mm. development work is actually uh, increasing exponentially so all of this is like uh, this uh, disaster is sort of unfolding uh, right now so hopefully in the future uh, i can come back and tell you guys how maybe i convinced the management to that's like, interesting to do, yeah what <laughs> what what is this. what were you when you said addressing what kind of thing did you propose to management as a solution uh, when uh, at that time i was even i wasn't like fully uh, aware of the entire scope of the project at that time our developers kept insisting that this needs to be rewritten a ah, full uh, rewrite but, yeah, yeah that's the dangerous <laughs> thing yes <laughs> is there a way to uh, like give it in uh, small units that is uh, manageable like suggest a small enhancement somewhere to like clean up a small bit of code so that you can demonstrate a quick win uh, i think uh, now we do have a, a chance to do it because like i said previously uh, even though uh, the code was poorly written it was only a uh, developer experience issue mm. only we suffered the uh, hard hard parts but now that uh, in this current uh, feature we are developing as a search feature that uh, that is uh, doing a running a searching algorithm and fetching uh, data from the back end in this one it is actually it takes about 10 to 15 seconds to return the data in previous versions uh, it, it took like one or two seconds because the feature was very small now we are like extending it mm-hmm. so this is actually i think uh, will be a good part where we can maybe think of something to uh, optimize it then we can show the problem now and maybe try to uh, fix it somehow uh, like we haven't even had a time to like do a proper audit and even see where the issue is uh, because the development work has to continually go on but uh, i think it will be easier on the mobile app side to like slowly change stuff uh, but uh, i think it, it, uh, in the back end it will be a Uh, rather huge uh, mammoth task i am still thinking just think about it isro every time i thought that we need to do a major rearchitecture or a rewrite we have mm-hmm. always found ways to do it incrementally and okay. that was always easier to uh, self management uh, mm-hmm. but that's a topic for another day i think yeah <laughs> so one, one thing my experience so i worked with a uh, software architect who had like 40 years experience at that point i had like 5 years of engineering experience and then uh, usually like you know the uh, one of the one of the one of one of his sayings is like like if you if you take a class and these these are the java days right if you take a class and if you do a modification and if you commit you have to make sure the class is in the overall class is in better shape than uh, before you were take, check that out and it was like a philosophy there like what it what now i understand what they're trying to say is that the, the word is actually refactor and make it better and uh, commit back and uh, but but when you when you are in a sprint when you are in a a uh, time crunch situation most of the time what happens is you make the class worse than what it was but uh, as a philosophy if you can at least remind yourself 
if you take a class if you do a change and eventually that class has to be better it's not just adding the feature there <clears throat> if that something that most of the developers can practice things become uh, naturally be- better we are you know we are talking about continuous uh, progress in scenarios like that but those are hard to practice unless you have some breathing space in your sprints like if you if you plan for all eight hours uh, to build features and if the company culture is also you know you try to make the class better but yeah, you introduce some defect and if they're trying to penalize you then people won't do that that is so but true so give yes. that culturally also you know in an organization yeah uh, it's okay you try things and you know if you fail at one point or in few situations you are not being penalized for that isru are you in a position to like when you give estimates developer estimates do you include the time to test write unit tests do the deployments through ci cd code reviews and everything is that included in the estimates you give uh currently um there is no ci cd pipeline set up for this project uh, let's forget uh, that like like yeah. do you give an estimate for the best job you can do as a engineer or the quickest job you can do because there's a deadline i would say we are going with the quickest approach uh, as of now hasita all right because yeah even this like uh, we even laugh at this because this client just doesn't care about testing at all like he pays the very minimum uh, amount uh, out of his budget for testing so even to uh, reserve time for uh, like basic uh, testing is sort of a struggle <laughs> Uh, you know no i think maybe that maybe he has his reasons but one day what will happen is the reason will come like like yeah. the, the two testing um it's it's how it happens the the, the problem yeah. has to manifest be- before uh, before business starts uh, reacting sometimes yeah yeah and uh, i think uh, th- thanks nasit and anjana uh, that's a good point uh, i think uh, moving forward i am going to uh, like uh, try to and uh, at least like sneak in some uh, time to uh, for like improvements or oh, you can do this when when i was in your situation a long time ago what i uh, what i used to do was i gave two estimates um mm-hmm. one was saying hey i know you guys are in a rush so this is the quick and dirty estimate and here are the things i won't be doing but ideally here's the correct estimate where i'll write the code properly i will architect it properly write tests and everything so you choose and tell the project manager so you make the choice then we are going in knowing that we made the choice to go with the lower estimate and what are we going to lose maybe you can do that also yeah yeah that's a good idea also my experience so far project development is a roller coaster right like you have work you have times where you don't have work it will come like maybe at this phase it's like all work but when you are working in a project due to requirements delays and this and that there can be dull dull periods there dull times where you don't have much work have those identification in your code like fix me to do do this do that and make use of it i haven't seen a project which i worked for a long period of time where you have work all every day there will be some scenario where you will have breathing space but have a list of things that you can do and uh, do that later that's also another option 
but here again the most important thing is talking the common language getting to the customers to and understand why he or she wants to do it that way maybe that's a pure education thing they they haven't experienced uh, they are not experienced in building software properly and things like that maybe there's a completely different reason they are trying to build it demo it and show the uh, sell the product so you know when you have that insight it will uh, clear most of your doubts as well yeah thanks anjana actually when you mentioned a little earlier about uh, keeping a list of uh, tech name i actually went back to my computer and uh, started a separate section in our project management tool to uh, list down all the uh, like uh, decision like tech deck like identified stuff so uh, moving forward i think we will uh, spend some time to do like a, a audit and uh, uh, have it filled so by the time like you said uh, we have a lull in the action uh, we can do it and uh, if, uh, you know uh, pick uh, some stuff for thanks and uh, thanks for all the uh, uh, advice that was very helpful thanks and Sir. by the way uh, hasita and anjana uh, uh, speaking of free rights i recently came across a twitter thread by a uh, ex uber engineer i don't know if you guys have seen it before and uh, he he sort of uh, goes down the whole story of um, the uber uh, uber app rewrite that happened in 2016 ah. it was uh, yeah sort of a huge disaster but they ultimately came out uh, successful but uh, it's a, it's a fascinating story maybe i'll share it in the linkedin uh, group yes please uh, share the link we'll we'll uh, make a post of it yeah yeah share the link Yeah. Thanks thanks everyone. Bye bye. And then I think we might have time for one more question. Maybe Akila. I think we have Akila on the yes. Uh no, I was going to add uh, something to the Suru situation. I was going to say like I mean if you are dealing with a uh, kind of a tough client or a management situation, probably I mean uh, when you go along setting the expectation and uh, continuous reminders will do do it in your favor so basically i mean uh, when you keep constantly reminding and keep everything in record maybe in a someday you will have that as a leverage so that you can uh, get a decision in favor of you so i was going to add that to that discussion thanks akira that's that's true that's true that's what i meant about like having a record of the uh, your best estimate versus the quickest estimate so we can you have a record of that like in a spreadsheet somewhere That's helpful. Thanks, Agila. Anjana, shall we wrap things up? Yes, let's wrap things up. And uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you in another episode uh, next Thursday, nine p.m. All right, everyone. Awesome. Good night. Okay guys. Bye. Good night. Bye bye.